Welcome to the Biltmore Church Podcast. We have a special bonus episode for you today. I am joined by some amazing women from our church who all are in different life stages, have different backgrounds, and we're going to be having a conversation today about the kingdom of God and women. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by today's episode. Okay, so the first question is, what is God's design for you individually as a woman? When I think about, you know, like why God created women and why God created me specifically, I think women have this ability to reflect parts of God's character that men maybe don't naturally do, you know, and there's a, you know, like when God created men, um, there was something that it was still, it was good, but there was something that was missing. And so women, we get to come in and kind of be the, the part that fills that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just reflect again, a part of God that maybe men don't naturally reflect. Mm-hmm. I don't think God uh, wanted to limit um, because we are a reflection of him. So I don't think he wanted to limit it to just giving it all to one type of human being. So he mm-hmm. created two that complement each other. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that um, God calls the woman the helper um, in the Bible, we also see that the Holy Spirit is called the helper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a responsibility uh, for, for women. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. That's an interesting perspective, too, because I think, you know, Scripture tells us before he dealt with the sin of man and dealt with the solitude of man. And I think that when we hear the term helper, um, we think lesser or less than, um, but it's just complementary, you know, it's, it's to be um, a resource of, to be a counterpart of. And I think we get to see that just in, in our workplaces, in our homes, um, how we, how we do ministry. Um, We're all called to be image bearers of Christ and to create and disciple people to be image bearers of Christ, no matter whether we are male or female. That's the Lord's called us all to that. And we get to use our individual giftings for that specific purpose. So that's good. I think, too, the Lord has called us all to be disciples, whether you're male or female. So there's this great place of unity for us both to come to this common mission that we've been given by Christ to increase and and multiply his kingdom, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, within our our nuclear families, but then also making disciples of all nations, tribe and tongue. I think that's a a huge aspect of being a woman where we find our identity and our purpose in Christ. Yes, but also his mission Mm -hmm. as well. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Really I always think of two words when I think of that, and that's complement and balance, mm-hmm. um, to help balance each other and to complement each other. Mm-hmm. So. so what is your favorite woman in the Bible and why? Um, well, there's this resource that John, John Piper has, and he explains the difference between a woman and a male. Uh, uh, so he, in a part of that, he says, at the heart of uh, mature womanhood is a freeing disposition of, to affirm, receive, and nurture strength and leadership from worthy men in ways appropriate to a woman's differing relationships. And I think Deborah embraces and embodies that. Mm-hmm. She had so much influence, so much uh, courage, so much uh, of so many great qualities, and she didn't use that to just gain power and gain domination and mm-hmm. gain authority. She used that to encourage mm-hmm. um, people, and especially mm-hmm. the men that God chose to to lead the um, his people to the, to that battle. Mm-hmm. 
I think one of my favorite characters from the Bible, just because I relate to her so much, is Martha. Because she's such like a busy bee. She's always trying to do and do and do. And Jesus is reminding her often in the scriptures of like, hey, you just need to sit and spend time with me. But specifically in the story of Lazarus's passing, um, I love what it says in John eleven twenty one. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now. I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus tells her that your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. The last day, Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And then he challenges her and says, do you believe this? Mm-hmm. And so even in the midst of this really difficult situation with her brother's passing, she's able to testify of the resurrection mm-hmm. and also experience it in a new and a fresh way because of mm-hmm. the fact that she's literally going to see Lazarus mm-hmm. raised to death. Um, and he also, Jesus ex- like is going to weep with Martha, which is just so sweet, right? Mm -hmm. When he's telling her like, hey, lay your burdens at my feet, but also I'm going to carry those burdens alongside of you. And so I think she got to experience a really tender and gentle Jesus that I don't think a lot of other women in scripture Mm -hmm. got to experience. And I I just find a lot of comfort in that because I am such a busy bee, you know? And so the fact that the Lord would remind me through Martha, hey, Mm -hmm. I still care deeply for you, even in the midst of your busyness, and you can come and sit with me but also I will weep alongside of you when you're broken and contrite in heart. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. I love that because yeah. mine would be Mary. That's mm-hmm. who I think of um, is uh, wanting to be a Mary in a Martha mm-hmm. world, basically, mm-hmm. because we're all so busy. And so it's interesting that you say that and just uh, how Mary said at Jesus's feet. And um, I, Martha is a, good, is a reminder to me of who I tend to be. But Mary is a reminder of who I long to be. Mm -hmm. And so just to think of those two women, that's also what Mm -hmm. um, comes to mind to me when I think about. Yeah. I think for me, this one's like a little just different, but it's one that I feel like I've learned a lot more about her recently. But it's Miriam, Moses's sister. And I, I know the story of her, obviously, when she like kind of is with Moses and kind of rescues him with Pharaoh's daughter and kind of gets to see that part of Moses's life. I never knew this until recently. Like there's a, they mentioned her again several other times throughout the narrative of the Israelites leaving mm-hmm. the Egyptian captivity, but they're walking out. I believe it's right after the, you know, we've seen God part the Red Sea and the Egyptian army has been just destroyed. And she gets to lead the women in like a praise of worship. Like mm-hmm. it says Miriam led women in a song. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's talking about all the women that are, that are there with her. And so I think like there's 80 years that passed between when she was with fair, like mm-hmm. with Moses and saving her brother to, to this moment. And we don't get to see kind of what her life was like in between, but I'm just, I'm just so intrigued. Like, gosh, what was she doing um, to still honor the Lord to be in this position? And she wasn't perfect. Like if you keep reading later on in the old Testament, like she makes some mistakes, but they, you know, they note when she dies. Like, I feel like there's very few women where you kind of see how they start Mm -hmm. and how they finish. And again, there's so much that's not said, but I'm just so intrigued by seeing her again. I just, Think she just had to have been faithful for the Lord to mm-hmm. to use her and give her the leadership over the people of Israel that she had um, and that the Bible talks about. is the most difficult thing about being a woman? And I would say specifically in today's culture, 
Yeah, I think um, something that has been really difficult for me, and for the most part, I've grown up in church world since I was about eight years old, but I think purity culture has been something that's been really heavy. You know, it's there's so much pressure on the girls um, and on women to, you got to dress this right way, you got to say these right things, and um, there's so much pressure to, to wait until marriage, which we obviously all believe in as followers of Christ. But for me, I think growing up, there was so much pressure on me. Like, if anyone falls into that sin temptation, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. When the Bible says, like, hey, if your eye causes you to stumble, you better tear that sucker out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for women and I think girls in the culture that I've grown up in, just Big C Church, not necessarily here at Biltmore, but other churches as well, I think that there's a, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what it looks like to pursue the Lord in your purity. Your emotions, your, your mental mm-hmm. purity, your, your spiritual purity, all of those things are aspects of our purity that we just never talk about. Mm-hmm. All we ever talk about is physical abstinence. Um, but there is, there is purity that needs to be pursued in the way that you emotionally relate to men, in the way that you mentally and uh, physically also as well, but spiritually let them into boundaries that could cause you or your brother in Christ to stumble, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we look at what it looks like to obey the Lord with our affections and our longings, and we pursue our purity as worship unto the Lord rather mm-hmm. than, hey, I'm just holding out for marriage, that will withstand the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so even me as a single woman, I think that there's a there's a great distinction in pursuing my purity and pursuing my relationship with the Lord out of worship, mm-hmm. not out of, well, I just don't want my brother in Christ to stumble. Mm-hmm. Because the second I'm tempted, that's not going to withstand, mm-hmm. right? But the second that I'm, I'm tempted and then I'm pursuing my purity because I desire to glorify God in the way that I dress, in the way that I speak, in the way that I love my brothers in Christ around me, now that will withstand, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm I'm doing this out of a desire to honor mm-hmm. God and mm-hmm. also not disappoint him rather mm-hmm. than just man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's something that recently I've been wrestling with a lot, even in, in singleness, right? Mm-hmm. Like this isn't the Lord withholding anything good from me. Actually, the Lord gives every good and perfect gift. So my mm-hmm. singleness is a gift from God. And in that, I'm learning what it looks like to pursue him in worship through mm-hmm. purity as well. Mm-hmm. So I think in the past, a church has not done a great job of teaching girls and women what it looks like to pursue their purity in a way that is worshipful mm-hmm. and not shameful. I mean, that's the difference between religion and, and re- a, re- a relationship with the Lord. That's right. Um, because a lot of times in church, physical abstinence, like you say, physical purity is like overpraised, mm-hmm. but you don't talk about the other things like, you know, the purity in your heart, in your mind. And that's when a real relationship with the Lord, that's a fruit of a real relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's very important. And I think um, in the culture today, that word empowerment, women empowerment is like thrown uh, around like crazy. And But in the world, empowerment means everything that, everything is against um, what the Bible says about what a woman should be or femininity. I think one thing that you said about empowerment, um, I think is really important. I, I am just so convinced that being empowered as a female comes from living a biblical life in Christ. Mm -hmm. I feel more empowered as a woman with Christ by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in scripture, encouraged every day than I could if I would just pull myself up and work harder, you know, or get a girl gang around me that is going to tell me how pretty I look and all these things. Like I am more empowered by the word of God and by biblical community that is sharpening to me. I am more empowered by someone saying, hey, this is how 
this is how to disciple your child in your home, or this is how, you know, your relationship with your husband should like that. That sharpening to me is what builds me up and encourages me to just keep on, you know? And so I think that's just the difference. And I think another thing working in, um, I used to work a secular corporate, corporate job and, um, worked with a lot of males. And I think one thing that I noticed, and I, I fell into the trap of sacrificing my femininity, my God-given femininity, to play alongside of the boys. And what I realized was God has gifted me as a nurturer, even in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, as someone who is likely, not always, but likely more emotive. Um, all of those gifts I can utilize in the workplace. I don't have to measure up. I don't have to fill shoes because I have my own shoes to fill, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord has gifted me uniquely and individually. And again, in this, again, empowerment, kind of this hustle culture, um, you know, that says you can be like the men. I don't, I don't want to be because God tells me I don't have to be. He created me to be me and to be with all of these gifts um, all of this, you know, specific wiring that he's gifted to me, and I can use that. And again, that complementarian, you know, view of we are we are counterparts, and they needed me at the time in that corporate setting for my specific gifts, mm-hmm. and I kind of chucked that out the window because of what I thought I needed to be, mm-hmm. and really. My, my bosses at the time hired me to fill that role because of all of the giftings that I uniquely was bringing to the table. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, for example, some recent uh, feminism movements say, well, everything that men do, we can do. Mm-hmm. But were we created for that? Mm-hmm. Like I think of, I don't know, a chair. Um, yeah, you can use the chair to step on it and reach something. You can use it. You can put several chairs together and lay down on them. But was the chair created for that? No, it was created to be a chair. Mm-hmm. So um, men were created, uh, you know, with God's designs, and we also have a design mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think going back to what you guys were talking about with empowerment, I think a lot of what we experience, the freedom that you were talking about in Christ is because Christ has given us all sufficiency in all mm-hmm. things at all times and a confidence that is rooted in Christ rather than us, right? Mm-hmm. And in a world where you, you're told, well, you have to dress this way, or you have to look this way, or you have to even weigh a certain amount, any of these mm-hmm. things that our culture presses on, on being a woman, mm-hmm. um, and outward appearances that we fall into comparison traps mm-hmm. with, the Lord is saying, you're sufficient, not because of you, but, but because of me. Mm-hmm. So even in your greatest weaknesses, my power is made perfect so that you can experience mm-hmm. the freedom of being my daughter. And then in that, working in your giftings and your purposes and as a part of my kingdom. And so I think that's something that is really important for us to remember as women is all of these standards and speculations or whatever that culture has over us have completely been debunked by Christ Mm -hmm. suffering on the cross on our behalf so that we can experience freedom in our identity as a woman to Mm -hmm. walk boldly in confidence. Yes, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I think it's an interesting perspective because while I, when you read like the Bible, I really think like where Jesus was, like women's positions were elevated. Like mm-hmm. he cared yes, for women absolutely. in so many ways. And so as a Christian woman, like I, I believe that, but I also realize that we live in a society where up until a hundred years ago, like that's not how we were treated. Mm-hmm. And there are still places around the world today where mm-hmm. unfortunately, like women don't have the same rights that we're 
fortunate to have, you know, living where we are. And so I think sometimes when it comes to just being a female, there's that kind of in the back of your mind, like, gosh, I have to fight to, for the things that I need or the things mm-hmm. that I want. And it's not because, you know, I feel like I'm less than, but just because again, that's kind of like been what I've been trained to do based on what society has told me about who I am. And so it's, it's the tension of like, choosing to listen to what God says about me and not listening or like what you were saying, like falling into the society norms or feeling I have to make myself more of one of the guys to, mm-hmm. to elevate myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I w- agree with you guys. Like, I don't think that's what Christ calls us to do, but there is this cultural tension where it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like that's the moment that women have been in that mm-hmm. again, I forget about cause I wasn't, you know, I'm not as old as some of our seasoned saints who got to live through some of those things. Mm-hmm. And they really appreciate the value of, Hey, like, you have a spot at, at the table and it was, you know, a new thing for us. And I think now we're just trying to figure out, Hey, what does that look like for us? And I think like, as just a thought for, for men who are in leadership, whether in a secular place or even Mm -hmm. in, in the church, like great question to ask is, are there areas that we can pursue women to do a job that maybe they're asking permission to do, you know, like, do we as women have to ask permission to do something that it's like, no, like there's nothing scripturally wrong with a female doing this or secularly, there's nothing wrong with a female you know, leading this part of the organization or whatever. Um, but like, instead of, Hey, like women having to pursue or ask permission, like as a man, like, could we pursue and elevate women in that way? You mm-hmm. know, like looking for things that still honor the Lord, but then create spaces where, where women also feel like they can, can serve and use the gifts that God's mm-hmm. given them again in a church or in a secular context. I think it mm-hmm. can apply to both. If you're a Christian man that leads an organization, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever organization that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think of it from a marriage perspective, um, and I go back to that word balance because it always, um, it's always intrigued me how um, a husband and a wife or a male and a female doesn't even have to really be married, but how you're so different. I always mm-hmm. think, why did you not create us to be more alike? And mm-hmm. so we have these differences. But um, I just think of that word again, giftedness, of how um he uses that to balance us um, and it becomes that perfect balance if we allow it to mm-hmm. uh, in God's design um, because he didn't, you know, I think you had said it earlier, he didn't give everything to one of us, um, mm-hmm. male or female. Um, he balanced that for both of us to just have that perfect relationship. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about um, just as we've gone along in conversation, a couple of you have mentioned different um, women who have shaped your life. So I would love to know what godly women have made an impact on your life specifically. There's definitely a couple that come to mind for me. I think my mom has been a big one just watching her faith growing up. And I feel so blessed to, to have a mom who loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not something that everybody has. And so mm-hmm. that's been a big one. Um, I think even like in middle school and high school, just different leaders that I had, I think seeing um, just them live out their faith um, was super instrumental for me to see. It's not just what my mom is telling me. There's actually other people that are affirming this, mm-hmm. um, and which is huge for this next generation. So like, I think if they're, women who want to pour into the next generation, like that's a big factor that keeps them, you know, wanting to pursue Jesus when they graduate high school is, are there old, like other people outside their parents that are, you know, kind of reaffirming these truths about who God is and stuff. So it's my shameless plug to pour into the next generation in some way, if you have the capacity to. Um, and the last one would just be my friend, Michelle. I think she has just been someone who's a little further along just in a season of life that has just been just 
a constant source of wisdom and just really has pushed me and challenged me and just taken the time to spend with me, you know, like that's the biggest gift she's given me. It's just her time. Um, and just the Lord has used that just our, our time together. So let's say that group of women, you know, I would agree that my mom has had a huge impact in me. Um, she got pregnant with me in high school, and my dad wasn't a believer, and he wasn't for many years of their marriage, but she modeled uh, a prayer a prayer warrior beyond prayer warriors mm-hmm. and prayed for him for 11 years mm-hmm. before I came to know the Lord. And so from a very young age, she instilled in me a desire to pray without ceasing for those who don't know Jesus and are far from him. But mm-hmm. um, I think kind of alongside what Hallie has just said, the women who the Lord has, by His grace, surrounded me with in His church have by far been the biggest impact and I could name off so many but my family moved around a lot when I grew up and we didn't grow up with much having been born and you know my parents were in high school um but I I just remember specific times where my parents didn't have money for groceries and the women in the church would provide us groceries Mm -hmm. or they um, would bring us birthday gifts or um, during the season of my life when my dad was still struggling with party culture and not a believer, they would hand my mom $20 to keep us out of the house so that we wouldn't have to be near him when he was hungover. And uh, praise God, he's a believer now, you know, and walking with the Lord and an incredible dad. But um, just in the seasons where my life, I didn't realize was so difficult because I was so little. My mom found women in the church to come alongside of her and support her and bring her closer to Jesus, even in the midst of having a husband that was really far from her. And through that, I was able to see, wow, this community of believers, of women believers are so amazing at loving my family, even Mm -hmm. though we are like the Gentiles because my dad is so far from Jesus and and we don't have much and um, we're the new ones here. And yet you guys are giving from your own from your own means that the mm-hmm. Lord has blessed you with to provide us Christmas presents and Chris, you know, birthday presents and, and ways for us to stay out of the house when it's it's not great for us to be around that environment. Um, and so the women of the church have just had a huge impact on me and have shown me a, a Christ-like, godly love that I I don't think I'd be the same without. And so similar to Hallie, like I would just encourage anyone who is who is listening, you know, find that woman that you are able to pour into, whether she's <laughs> six years old, uh, 15 years old in high school and really struggling, or she's a new mom, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. um, because it's had a huge impact in me that I can look to every season of my life that I've been walking to Jesus and I can hand put pick a woman who's stepped out of her comfort zone to serve me in the midst mm-hmm. of my need mm-hmm. um, and, and the weaknesses that I've had in Christ mm-hmm. and how annoying I was in sixth grade. You know, <laughs> There's plenty of women who walked alongside me in my terrible middle school awkward years. Um, and so I, I can't necessarily pinpoint uh, you know, a, a specific woman who I would say, man, this is like my mm-hmm. incredible blah, blah, blah. No, it's just been the women of God's church. I, I can, I can echo a similar thing. I think though some of the most formative, um, times of my life, there were women that the Lord provided to walk alongside of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of those, I had a very difficult, um, middle school and really, really high school, um, age. And I I was a cheerleader in seventh grade. And my cheerleading coach was like, I'm bringing you to church with me. It's right down the road from your house. You're coming to church with me. And her husband was the associate pastor. Her name is um, Jessica. And, um, but at the time she was Miss Allen to me. And I, you know, 
she taught me for two years. She was my cheerleading coach. She, she spent a lot of time with me and she would buy me Arby's and I would watch kids from her connect group. But she and her husband both used the time in the car, taking me to church, taking me home, taking me to their connect group to, to watch kids um, sitting in the car eating Arby's to disciple me and talk to me about um, the Lord. And that's something that I really didn't have um, in my home at that time. And then um, as I got older um, and started looking to college, I had a youth leader and her um, or his wife, her name was Tiffany. Um, she started asking me questions that sharpened me. Um, and it was the first time that I really felt like I was held accountable for things. Um, she sang and I was an aspiring worship leader at the time. <laughs> and she she not only sharpened me in that way, but she would ask me questions like, hey, is, is the outfit that you're wearing, does it make you feel comfortable and confident? Mm. And I'm like, no. And she's like, okay, well, it might not be very appropriate, but I needed things like mm. that in my life to ask me guiding questions, to not just mm. tell me, don't wear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to ask me questions and help me settle in my own faith and mm-hmm. um, help me look to scripture in cer- certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I needed those people in my life. And I watched them at that time um, have their first kids mm-hmm. and, you know, newly married, walk through things like that. I watched them and I reflect on that often now that mm-hmm. I'm in my season. I, I remember when they went through these things mm-hmm. and Though they don't live anywhere near me, I what I w- just wish I could continuously tell them is you still make an impact in my life mm-hmm. today because I watched you 12 years ago. Yeah. And um, it's to anyone who is, like Hallie said, pouring into the next generation, I just, I so encourage them to keep doing it because you might not see the fruit right now, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you years down the road, They'll reflect on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many people, you know, like you, you said, Sierra, who have are helping me now walk through motherhood, who have done it, who might be empty nesters and who are, um, you know, adoptive grandparents to my daughter and pouring into her. And it just that whole it takes a village like I feel that for my for my child. But I feel that for me, like I need a village to lean in on who have been there and done that mm-hmm. to give me really wise counsel. Mm-hmm. So. Well, for me, um, two women come to mind. One of them is very similar to me um, in character and personality, everything. And the other one is the opposite. So one is my mom. Uh, We're very similar. We both have very strong personalities, uh, very strong character. Um, And my mom, she's actually a pastor's uh, daughter and a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I can I can identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is a pastor, obviously. My grandfather is a pastor, and now my husband is a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I can identify so much uh, with her. And because she has such a strong character, a strong personality, um, I have watched her struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have watched her really struggle with um, how much she has the tendency to harbor resentment and things like that. And I identify, but. Uh, but at the end of the day, she always goes back to the Lord, whether it's asking for forgiveness or asking for help. And mm-hmm. I can see that. So now, now if I ever have any, you know, any resentment or ever start feeling like um, I'm starting to um, have a little bit of anger when I'm not supposed to, um, then I think of her and I think about how much she always wants to please the Lord, regardless of who she is, mm-hmm. of her flaws, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's my best friend, Evelyn. She was actually my roommate for three years, and 
she's the complete opposite. She's an extrovert. She loves to talk to people. She's super uh, vulnerable, and I'm the, the complete opposite. I'm an introvert. Um, I kind of... I'm going to be transparent. I kind of hide whenever I see people that I know at the store. I'm like, oh, I don't really <laughs> so I'm the textbook definition of an introvert. Um, so uh, she taught me how to love people and not just talk to them to talk to them, but to get to know people. And, mm-hmm. um, and r- strangers, random people would go to her and, and talk to her and ask for advice because she was so lo- loving. Um, and also she loves the word of God. She loves God. Um, she, she's very vulnerable wherever she is. She's not afraid to, to be vulnerable with people. I have a, she was in our connect group and, um, I was young in our marriage and her name's Melody. And I still think of her all the time because she taught me how to be a better wife, mm-hmm. uh, how to respect my husband. Um, just so many just, um, traits that I needed mm-hmm. as a young wife. And she taught me how to read scripture, how mm-hmm. to memorize scripture, um, and the importance of prayer, um, over, you know, your marriage. Um, and um, I still think of her so often when I open my Bible and go to memory verses that I've had. And um, But she, she was precious in my life at that time and helped me tremendously. I think that it's been really sweet to, to walk alongside women who have just shown me, like, this is what it looks like to just be in Christ mm-hmm. and abide. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I think what I have noticed is that a lot of the times when people uh, talk about the women that have impacted their lives, um, I have noticed that a lot of the times the reason is because those women have allowed us to see them, mm-hmm. uh, to see who they are, their flaws, their mm-hmm. virtues, everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for us to keep in mind uh, whenever we, you know, uh, whenever, whenever we're in ministry or you know, wherever. Yeah, I think. The biggest part of discipleship is letting people see your life because mm-hmm. I, I learned, I mean, I mentioned earlier, Jessica and, and Tiffany, I, I learned more about being a follower of Christ from watching them live their lives mm-hmm. um, than I would have with them sitting down and Absolutely. telling me how to follow. Because mm-hmm. um, again, I look back at parenting moments that I experience now and I've watched them do it. Mm-hmm. I've watched them. And so mm-hmm. um, when you let people in and you let them see um, your authentic self, um, as as we are now discipling other people um, and raising up the next generation of women and moms and wives and grandparents and all of these things, that it's it's important to just um, have an open table and mm-hmm. an open home and um, just allow these conversations to happen. So. So what is the best thing about the way that God designed you as a woman? From my personal perspective, um, I think it's from um, him allowing me to give the gift of life Mm -hmm. to be a mom. Um, Immediately, that's what comes to mind when I think of that question and to be a nanny. Um, So I am just... Um, so very grateful. And um, I love the fact that he gave me the gift of nurturing, mm-hmm. a, a very strong desire to want to nurture and to serve and um, help mm-hmm. um, and to just be that help, make that support that mm-hmm. he designed. I feel like he designed mm-hmm. us, me to be 
Um, so being a mom, just mm-hmm. that nurturing is really what um, comes to mind for me. I think when I think about, you know, that answer to that question, I think something that I love about, about being female is that there are specific people in a specific place that God has like equipped me and entrusted me to reach. You know, mm-hmm. I can reach the next generation of women in a way that maybe a man can't, or maybe mm-hmm. someone in a different season can't. And I, and I love that. You know, I love that I can take my experiences, you know, from where my walk with the Lord and pour that into the next generation of women and Lord willing, hopefully, you know, like see them be raised up through, you know, my influence, but also the influence of other women like that around this table to be the next generation of the church. I think men have a place to, for that, but I think really like the example that, hey, as a, as a female, you can do this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you can live a life that honors the Lord and mm-hmm. live within the boundaries that he's put for you. And it's actually for your good. And to be an example of that for a generation that's beneath us, that I, or not beneath us, but like, you know, coming up behind us mm-hmm. that I don't think is being told that from yeah. a secular perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, it's a unique opportunity just to, again, say, hey, this is how it could be. You know, you have some options. It's not just the way that the world says, you know, the way that God says is also a phenomenal option. And, and I've lived it and mm-hmm. it's not always easy, but it's it's a joy and, and it works if, if you're willing to submit to what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another thing I really love about women is how high, like highly relational we are, mm-hmm. you know, and I know some are more introverted or extroverted than others, but I just think of any time you're at like any church function, it's always the ladies who are, you know, still chatting away in the lobbies. And um, I, I know that in my personal experience, it's always been the, the women who have discipled, been, discipled me and been um, around me that remember like just such specific things about my life and are just very intentional. I think that's a gift that the Lord has given women is mm-hmm. intentionality and mm-hmm. um, an ability to just chat beyond measure. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm ready to have a conversation from the moment that I wake up in the morning to the moment I go to bed, but that might just be me. Um, but I do think that's just such a gift, you know, the fact that we're highly relational. And um, I think women make friends so easily and can keep conversations going and put themselves out there in, in ways that I, I would argue men just still, you know, like I just think we're such relational beings as women who love to chat and hang out and, you know, want to do all the girls night things. But that is something that is a blessing in ministry, you know, um, to have that extra edge mm-hmm. of wanting to intentionally nurture somebody and care mm-hmm. for them deeply and ask mm-hmm. them good questions about their life and, and keep up with those things mm-hmm. um, so that they would feel cared for in a, in a very, like, emotional and relational way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think because of that, uh, we have such a deep and huge ability to love. Mm-hmm. And it's only not in motherhood, but also in, in different relationships. We have such a such a huge ability to to love deeply. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. That's yeah, good. I think I think one of my favorite things is just the gentleness that um, women bring. And I think this is kind of going back to one of the things that we mentioned earlier is just like the the false need that women feel to level in their head, like level up to a male. Um, but there's the, the distinctive difference specifically in, in my household between my husband and I is the gentleness that I provide to our home. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a daughter and, and she needs, she needs both of those things. Like she needs to learn um, that she is to be honored by men and all those things that she learns from my husband. But I get to teach her um, gentleness and nurturing. And I also get to see a tiny little nurturer that's just like, it's it's a perfect picture of the way that the Lord has gifted women because she carries around 
any tiny mm-hmm. little thing and covers it up with a tissue and says, this uh-huh. is, I, it's going night, night. And so I'm like, you know, that, that it's such a unique gift that the Lord um, has given to women. And we get to display that through all walks of life. It's not just in our home. It's mm-hmm. in our, in our friend groups. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, female friendships are so um, unique and such a blessing is because of that gentleness that we can provide to each other. It's mm-hmm. in our relationships with our spouses. It's in ministry as we minister to other people. Gosh, the most tender hearted people have cared for me um, mm-hmm. along my walk with Christ. Um, and so even in the workplace, that's, that's so needed in the workplace. It's, I used to work with clients all the time and my favorite um, interactions with clients was when we got to actually talk and I had a door into, into their lives. And so, um, you know, I think that that specific gift is something that the Lord has wired us with um, that is to be used in all aspects. I just think the perspective that, you know, we bring as, as women is mm-hmm. also a gift. I think going back to like, you know, there's like this tendency to sometimes feel like we got to be like a man to, to get certain places or to do certain things. But in reality, like I, I love how the Lord at times has, you know, used me to, and this is not highlighting myself. It's really highlighting the Lord through me just trying to walk mm-hmm. in obedience to him. But hey, like bringing a perspective that maybe another group didn't think about because mm-hmm. their seat's just different and the perspective's different mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like yeah. men have definitely had like told me things. I'm like, well, I didn't think about that. I mm-hmm. appreciate you being Thanks. willing to tell me that. Yeah. And so I think it just creates, there's just a beautiful picture of how, you know, like we are meant to, to work together in that unity that even you were talking about, you know, in the church when men and women come together and we can really elevate each other and, and utilize each other for the gifts that God has given us within the boundaries that he's given to us. Mm-hmm. I think just spaces get better. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a big part of it is because each of us has unique perspective that mm-hmm. is different from a guy. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. there's, there's space for both of those things. Okay. Um, yeah. And I love seeing that. I love how the Lord uses that. And that's sweet in a culture where it seems like, Outwardly, yeah, sure. It's like, oh, yeah, unity, men and women are equal. But really, they're like at odds with each other Mm -hmm. in our secular world, right? But Mm -hmm. in our Christian faith and with the seats that the Lord has given us in like to be equals, Mm -hmm. co-laborers, I think that there's such a sense of freedom where you don't feel like you're tiptoeing around each other, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't Mm -hmm. want to offend anyone. But here in this relationship that we have with each other that's centered around Christ, there is a sense of unity because of the fact that, Mm -hmm. okay, we're all image bearers of Christ. Yeah, like we all have the same purpose we have the same identity we have the same goals Mm -hmm. and we're all living on mission to glorify the lord and make disciples right and so even in that i think as believers we have a freedom to uphold each other in a way that like secular culture is just at odds with one another yeah um in the way that yeah, men and women might be trying to uphold each other, but the way that they're doing it is actually super destructive because they're not functioning in their God-given roles. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have an opportunity as believers to reflect and show culture, like there's actually so much freedom in in being co-laborers and mm-hmm. submitting to one another. And it's mm-hmm. it's not something that's actually hurtful to the woman. It's something that actually empowers us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's just a sweetness in that, that we get mm-hmm. to reflect to our brothers and sisters who aren't believers. Thank you so much for tuning in to our conversation today. I hope that you are encouraged as you continue to pursue and follow Jesus. You are loved and you are sent.